All right, what's up, Clinical Research Circle peeps? How's it going? Welcome back. We've got uh, we're prepared, well prepared this time, and we're gonna be more so going forward. But you know what? We've grown like a small, dedicated following. People commenting. Sometimes I text because last time they were talking about Ashley with Bluebird, and then they're always talking about Chris. That I send it to Chris every now and then. Uh, Doctor Al is the star of the show. So today <laughs> we've got Ashley Margot. We've got Chris Sauber. We've got Dr. Al Jazidali, uh, all the way. He's all the way from Hollywood. And uh, we've got, as you can see on the screen, five FDA approval decisions to watch. And we're, this is straight from Latinos in Clinical Research, which is the Clinical Research Circle sponsors Latinos in Clinical Research. Uh, so we've got five things coming up. Okay, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration will have some tough decisions to make according to a story on Biofarm Dive, which we can get into that as well, uh, clearing an experimental Alzheimer's drug from Biogen. This is the one that Chris and I kind of got wrecked on, uh, the Alzheimer drug. Remember, this was like when I was drinking a coffee and outside, and then there was motorcycles behind me, and we were like, you know what? When they're doing, when the drug company is investing in a long-term extension study, it's a good sign. But it actually didn't turn to get approved, but now it's back. All right. Just like, I think it's six months later. And so that's going to be one of them. So according to the article, any rejection could add to an impression that the FDA is becoming stricter of late after a series of surprising regulatory knockbacks and an industry-wide evaluation of cancer immunotherapy approvals. What do you think about this, Dr. Al? First of all, the cancer immunotherapy approvals, uh, what what do you think about this? Uh, I, I think now that the, the biggest trend in oncology is the cancer immunotherapy. They're integrating it in a lot of uh, malignancy. We have lung, head and neck, and even brain, uh, glioblastoma, even uh, for kidney, uh, uh, for uh, colon. Most of the cancers now we use immunotherapy. And it depends on the type of the immunotherapy and type of the cancer itself. So it is, and you see a lot of responses. Like we see a big difference now between and lung cancer, especially for the patient, between uh, and response and performance and a lot of a lot of things. And patient love it because the side effect is minimal, mainly rash or side effect, uh, rash or uh, some kind. Uh, 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 sores. You know, comparing to the chemotherapy where you have hair loss, uh, anemia, thrombocytopenia, and all these other side effects, this is much uh, less side effect than much. You think, you think the FDA has been, do you agree with this, that the FDA has been a little bit stricter with the immunotherapy uh, drugs? Uh, it has been, but... Also, they've been doing what they need to do for that. And I think being strict in immunotherapy is not a bad thing. Okay. Are they, when, when, they, when, they, when the article states like that they're being stricter compared, are they talking in reference to, in comparison to like how quick they rolled out those the COVID vaccinations or just in general? Most probably. But yeah. because, yeah, most probably because uh, it's have to go through the clinical trial, have to, to prove efficacy and have to meet its end goal to be approved. So I don't know what they're talking about. They're trying to commercialize themselves and uh, ask the, I'm pushing on the FDA, putting pressure on the FDA through the patients or uh, 
over other the community or whatever. I'm I'm not sure why mm -hmm. they're saying so, but they know that the 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 thing need to be done, uh, especially in these patients for this population, right? Has need to be done. You cannot think, like push it. I think what the article is saying is the the biofarm dive listing uh, uh clearing an experimental Alzheimer's drug from Biogen, approving a coronavirus vaccine from AstraZeneca, which Ashley's been talking about forever, and then that has been the subject of an unusual public dispute. Uh, changing the standard of care for a rare genetic disease and clearing a new vaccine for one of the world's most common infections as top priority. Any rejection to those, the, this is what the article says, could add to an impression that the FDA is becoming stricter of late. So this That's is like, according to the article, this is important uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, it might give know, a, you, can't, you can't compare the vaccine to the Alzheimer medication or to the chemotherapy. Or right. immunotherapy, you cannot. Okay, the vaccine is a priority and not need to be done this way. But you can you don't have for the chemo for immunotherapy. You have alternative for Alzheimer. You have alternative. You you don't have to rush into making decision about that. But for the vaccine for the corona, we didn't have any alternative. Die or get sick or <laughs> right. You know that's I how it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so the I, first I, one. I well, the first one, these are the five drugs listed in order from that article by the date of which the FDA is expected to make a decision. So this is April 2nd. So tomorrow, April 3rd, the FDA is going to decide on Acadia Pharmaceuticals for dementia-related psychosis, Pim, uh, Pimavenserin. Uh, the only drug on the market from Acadia has been sold under the brand name Nuplazid to treat Parkinson's disease psychosis. Last year, the company asked for an approval on dementia-related psychosis. The FDA decision date is April 3rd. Acadia executives expected a good outcome until regulators found deficiencies in the company's application. FDA feedback appears to have ruled out an April approval uh, and reduced the chance of an eventual one. <laughs> so that's not looking good for them, Acadia. I want to look up with these names, Nuplazid, like... <laughs> yeah. Insane. Additionally, I don't understand why that would cause it to not be approved ever just because there's some sort of, you know, uh, misinformation in their in application. The application, yeah. Right. It's not the data on the drug. It's just the application. You would think that's just corrected. It just takes longer. It's the government, well, my friend. That's yeah, how I government yeah, I know. works. I know. Unfortunately. So One misstep of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> You yeah, we were the DMV to renew your driver license if you didn't uh, fill out the right box and check the right you, box. You got to do that driver test over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, here's a, here's your question. These are the Acadia executives that we were extremely surprised and disappointed to receive such a communication from the FDA and to receive it so late in the review cycle. This is what the CEO told the investors last month. While not yet an official rejection, the agency's feedback seems to have ruled out an April approval and lower the chance of an eventual okay. Uh, this is what an analyst wrote in a recent note to clients, that his team believes the, believes the odds are at 60% versus 70 previously. They also expect the drug's launch in dementia-related psychosis to be pushed back multiple years to 2024. Wow. So these wow. analysts can make or break a company. I mean, we see this with ChemFarm, and they had three hit pieces written out about them, which... I've analyzed those hit pieces and they actually don't have factual information in there. Fake news, but that's another story for another day. 
so that's something to look out for. AstraZeneca, this is what Ashley's been talking about for like the last four episodes. Yes. It so always you, comes up. Oh, so so you, sorry. So are you saying, Dan, that this fake news, uh, fake news, do you think, uh, or are you saying that people with a financial incentive do so? To, I think analysts. I think analysts find heavily shorted stocks at best. At best, they find heavily shorted stocks and try to get cheap views. At worst, there is some manipulation going on and they're getting pay, uh, paid somehow. Paid to do so. Yeah. yeah. At worst, that's my opinion. Or the, I would agree or with as you said, or, or as you said, without any manipulation, just for their own gain and shorting yeah. the stock. Cheap views. You get attention. Yeah. You get views. You get ads. Off of that, I mean, attention is what every journalist needs, every publication. I know, but there is a lot of people, they, they short the stock and they just uh, go on the uh, social media and just blast that stock big time. Everybody yeah. gets scared and starts right. selling and they start like... Especially if you're in a niche and you have a massive following within that niche, you, you know, exactly. all you have to do is be known and make yeah. a comment or make multiple comments, enough for enough eyes to see and... Uh-huh. So Ashley, what do you think? You talk about now's your chance. Ashley, you've been talking about AstraZeneca for like four episodes. Well, I mean, I got some news today from Disclosed TV. Um, they're actually a very, I mean, plugging them, right? I mean, but they're a very um they're a type of news that just like pretty much let lets everything go through. They don't have necessarily a filter, so like, I really like following them. Um, so over the past like weeks, you know, there's been multiple places that have been, you know, holding off. And for instance, today, the Netherlands halts the use of AstraZeneca vaccine for people under 60 following the death of a woman who had received a shot. And yeah, who had received a shot. And I believe she had passed away. There was another one, I think it was yesterday about, um, let's see. Okay, let me, give me a quick minute. While three coronavirus vaccines, yeah, well, Asha looks for it. I'll, I'll read yes, this because please. while three coronavirus vaccines available for use in the U.S. got through FDA without drama, the one from AstraZeneca has encountered communication missteps and safety setbacks. Positive but confusing data left it unclear how to best use the shot or whether it worked well on the elderly. A trial stoppage of almost two months. Um, it delayed a larger trial in the U.S. and South America, and then rare abnormal blood clots have occurred during the shots rollout in Europe, yeah. which is what we've been hearing. While AstraZeneca recently reported that the shot was safe and strongly effective at preventing COVID-19 in the U.S., study board of independent experts um, overseeing the trial publicly disputed the initial results. We actually have a lot of people that uh, we interact with on LinkedIn, on Clubhouse, um, from the U.K., and Europe was Europe's behind the U.S. They really were depending on this AstraZeneca uh, to get rolled out and to get approval. I think uh, so. Okay, there you go, Dan. Sorry, you oh, like? Back. Yeah, Europe. Okay, Europe's back. behind the U.S., so they were like really depending on AstraZeneca to get approval, and yeah. now they don't have you know because AstraZeneca was like the only one that they were going to be able to roll out to the. Uh, so the other one here says Berlin and Munich suspend AstraZeneca vaccinations for under sixty-year-olds with immediate effects, as the German uh, Paul Ilrich, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, Institute PEI reports thirty-one suspected cases of brain thrombosis, thrombosis, and nine deaths after vaccinations nationwide. Mm. 
other clinics across Germany are considering dis discontinuing the vaccine. Later, I read that um, Germany is considering only uh, discontinuing it for people under 60. So they're still allowing the older population, which I also think that that's kind of weird. You know, you would think that the older population would be way more susceptible for these kinds of things, given more possibilities of uh, comorbidities and things like that. But I mean, that's, that's what's going on. I'm always keeping up with them, but um, that's part of why I even told you guys, I think with two videos ago that I think right now AstraZeneca is going to be under a lot of heat, especially because it's going to be the first vaccine that got heat. And so I think uh, anything tied to it is not necessarily going to have the best type of lighting. So um, for me, like, you know, just trying to stay away from anything like that, just keeping a close eye. Mm -hmm. uh, we got, um, yeah, and that'll be interesting to watch AstraZeneca's other drugs as well in the pipeline, like you were saying. Sanofi's avalglucosidase alpha for pump disease. Pump disease involves a genetic mutation that stops people's bodies from producing a key enzyme that breaks down glycogen. The main treatment for pump has been enzyme replacement therapy called Lumazyme that Sanofi acquired when it bought Genzyme. Sanofi wants to set a new treatment standard by winning approval of a successor therapy called avalglucosidase alpha to deliver more of the enzyme into cells, improving potency. In a phase three study, uh, avalglucosidase alpha matched lumazyme as measured by improvements in respiratory function, but the clinical relevance of the difference between how the two drugs work has not been established yet. Um, still, approval of Sanofi's new drug could raise the bar for a number of other treatments and development. A decision is, is expected by May 18th. So, so that's that one. Dan, say, say the drug name five times fast. Oh, no, I'm okay <laughs> with that. We'll have you do that, Chris. That's uh, that's right up your alley there. Any the thoughts on this one? Anybody? Anybody thoughts on this? Uh, a very uh, rare disease that's, that's uh, under the group of uh, collagen, uh, collagen, uh, collagen uh, storage disease. And... Uh, I, I used to read about these kind of disease in the past and like this, and these drugs can, it's very, very, very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. This is something that CRISPR can possibly look into later. It's a genetic mutation. Exactly. Maybe in CRISPR, they can look into fixing this mutation, but now this medicine about the Avagloca, Cydase Alpha uh, production uh, enzyme, it is uh, very going to be most probably $600,000, a year. What, what, a year? Oh, my God. A year, yeah. Uh, how, how, mu how much medication is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the disease or anything, but just reading about this rare disease and how much it costs to sell this medication after it gets approved, gee, man, it's, it's crazy. I wonder how that works. I know, I mean, obviously, it's for a whole other time, but I mean... For medicine to be that much well wow. there's a lot of money that goes into production and a lot of money that goes into research so they have to Imagine. there has to be an incentive right they have sure. to make money but yeah it's just crazy like who's gonna, who's gonna what drug company's gonna insurance. approve that insurance, yeah. insurance i mean yeah. not a drug company but insurance what insurance company's gonna approve i know that? i think some insurances don't even don't even want to cover them. some basic stuff <laughs> i know but there's not up to them as long as it's approved by fda and it doesn't have alternative and you have a patient with this diagnosis mm. they have to use it that's true true okay 
But then it depends on you. If you have a copay, how much copay are you going to pay? That's what you talk about. Right. 10% of 600,000. Exactly. Yeah, that's, not, that's not much. <laughs> yeah. I'm being facetious, of course. Of Chris course. with the great jokes, uh, as always. Chris, speaking of jokes, this is the one you and I had a no laughing matter over. Uh, Biogen's. Yeah, it was horrible. Kenuma. Horrible. Well, I mean, maybe it's time to get back in. Let's read. Alzheimer's disease remains one of the most elusive areas of drug development. No kidding. The FDA should decide by June 7th now, all right, so in two months, whether to approve the uh, this drug, which would be the first marketed drug to slow the progression of Alzheimer's. Uh, however, FDA statisticians as well as external advisors have criticized the data of aducanumab and the ways Biogen analyzed it. In a November meeting, those advisors voted almost unanimously against the drug. Um, still, the FDA is under pressure to get more Alzheimer's drugs to patients, and the agency's clinical staff members have been supportive of Biogen's applications. When regulators uh, decided to extend their review of aducanumab, it may have been a sign that more data could make the difference. Um, yeah, what do they do? How did they get their data? Yeah, more, so more patients, more studies. An approval is far from certain. However, the FDA, uh, uh, yeah, this is what we just read. Not only is the FDA under immense pressure for Alzheimer's drugs, but they've been uncharacteristically supportive of Biogen's application. When regulators recently decided to extend their review, some took it as a sign they're combing over more data that could support an approval. Um, so yeah, going to plug in diversity here, Latinos in clinical research, getting more access to more patients. There you go. There you Very go. good. Ashley's learning the this stuff like the business of this. Every <laughs> <laughs> I got some really great mentors, you guys. <laughs> Last one, and then we got to go live, guys. Okay. No, but just just a small thing about that, yeah. uh, Alzheimer's disease, and in general, uh, the. This year, the neurology studies has been way, way, way increased comparing to the other years. You can find like uh, about quadruple the number of the studies in neurology compared to the before years, Alzheimer's, dementia, seizures, and neuropathies. And if this get approved. Alzheimer's, neuroscience, research, AI, biotech. Oh, it's all converging. All of it's converging. If this one's approved, though, according to this article, a nod from regulators would make aducanumab the first marketed drug meant to slow the progression of Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, so this, I mean, that's important. Maybe, I don't know, Chris, if we want to get back in. I got to look at the data. I'll look at the data this time and see what exactly the FDA had a problem with. Look at their measure to slowing the progression. What is this? What did they use to measure this slowing of the progression? And this right. is where the, I think the FDA is hitting them more. Well, it might be with diversity, like Ashley said, too. I mean, because I can't talk anymore about it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Latinos in clinical research. <laughs> yes, we can talk about that. Okay. And then also, Pfizer. Couldn't it, couldn't it also be length of trial? So if you're trying to prove it slows progression and you only run a one year trial, uh, it may not be enough to prove this, right? It might need to be a longer term trial. But again, they're only needing to go until what, August, it said? So that doesn't really add any more. Let's see what the FDA is going to decide. And then last one, Pfizer's Pfizer's 20-valent pneumococcal vaccine 
Pfizer and Merck have approved vaccines to prevent pneumococcal disease. Neither protects against key emerging strains of the infectious bacteria. Pfizer's vaccine stimulates immunity to 20 different strains of disease-causing bacteria. Uh, it protects against the same 13 uh, serotypes that the current standard Prevnar 13 does, plus seven more that have been associated with higher death rates, antibiotic resistance, or meningitis. By June, the FDA will decide whether to approve Pfizer's 20-valent shot for people 18 and older. Prevnar can be used in infants and children uh, as young as six weeks, but Pfizer aims to eventually treat that group as well. Uh, Merck expects a decision July 18th for its a 15-valent pneumococcal vaccine called V114 in adults uh, and children. So anything about this, Dr. Rao? There is a lot of pneumococcal vaccine. I don't know why they need for a new one. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, my question. Like I'm looking like Merck and Pfizer that are going for, what was the difference comparing to the, uh, the old ones that we have? And yeah, that effective. have already been tried and true. <laughs> I don't know. Are they going to, I mean, would they remove this I'm, one and remove the current one and use this one? And I know, but, but, but they're saying okay, neither of these going to protect against the emerging strains of the infectious uh, bacteria. So What's I don't know what's, uh, <laughs> I don't yes, know. Basically, what, basically what you're saying, Dr. Al, don't invest in Pfizer and Merck. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking about the companies, no. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying I talk, I'm and talking the about the kind of vaccine misleading. itself, what the need of it, why exactly. what's it compared to the old ones or the one we have now, what's the difference if it is not going to protect against anything it, it may emerge and cause like sudden infection for some patient that. Uh, You're talking about know. use cause, right? If they don't have yeah. a use cause, what's the point of it other than injecting ourselves with it? So it needs a use cause. Know. So Pfizer and Merck. Can you provide us a use clause, please? Thank you so much. And also that first sentence is kind of misleading. Exactly. <laughs> How does Pfizer and Merck get their, approve their own drug? Two companies, Pfizer and Merck, have approved vaccines to prevent. Yeah, they just took it from the. No, no, no. The previous, the first sentence in that other article. Mm -hmm. Both Pfizer and Merck have approved vaccines to prevent. They, yeah. It sounds as though. Yeah, same thing. It's the same thing. Vaccine. It's they just the way to say it. Not yeah. the FDA. Sure. Yeah. I mean, people know. Right. People they have you... approved vaccines. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think investors would know that f the FDA approves vaccines, but maybe you have a point, Chris. And we got oh, I mean, grammar, nowadays, grammar, uh, Nazi over grammars, here. Grammars matter. We have like what, our, 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 uh, take it up with Eileen, but, uh, then you, you would take it up with, uh, the author of this article too. Let's email, I'm going to email him this video, that last snippet of Chris. Look, Ben, <laughs> Ben Fiddler. Chris yeah. does not like you. <laughs> no, I did not say that. That we're going to send said that thing. line could be misleading. That's Chris, you're going to have it coming at you, man. You're lucky you're not on any social network. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding guys but um we gotta end abruptly because we gotta go live whoever wants to join me live i'm gonna send you the link so stay tuned stay here don't leave but if you have to go it's fine but thank you clinical research circle you guys mean the world to us keep the views coming keep the subscriptions coming keep the likes coming keep the comments coming especially messages for chris from journalists yeah. they love 
Chris to correct them on uh, how they should write. So you, thank you, you guys. Go on there, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris corrects you on how to do your job better. I didn't know what's trouble with both of them today. <laughs> These two guys. There you go. There you go. Um, Chris, you always find somebody to help. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, I what did I do? That's Chris, another podcast. Nice, that's, <laughs> that's another podcast. Just doing the job. But anyways, well, guys, we appreciate it. Clinical Research Circle, we love you guys. Keep And put in the comments which stocks you want. We're going to be reviewing a couple. Uh, I don't have the symbols with me right now, but there's like two two very popular ones. Oh, so thank you, Circle. Thank you. 